Welcome to another episode of No Player Connected. Today we are joined by renowned artist, colony management sim extraordinaire, and crundle propagandist, Ghost Bat. Or <laughs> Hello. Batty or Ghost or Batrick. Uh, what do you what do you prefer to go by? Uh, I honestly go by Batty. I embrace my battiness. Okay. Not Batrick though. <laughs> Batrick Bateman. <laughs> Batty kick things off by just telling us what this beautiful game RimWorld is, what it's about, or how you hook somebody, rope somebody into to playing this lovely game. So it had been sort of on my radar. I knew that it existed. I knew it was a colony sim, but I guess kind of to back up, I had played Dwarf Fortress first. Now I know this uh, podcast isn't about Door Fortress, but someone had come into my chat, um, I am a streamer, and they were like, oh, you're doing XYZ in Door Fortress. You'd probably like RimWorld, because I was doing some interesting things, to say the least, <laughs> in Door <laughs> Fortress. <laughs> so that sort of, it piqued my interest a bit more, and then when my birthday came up, I decided to just purchase it without watching any playthroughs, without watching any, like, I'd seen some folks play it, but I, I wouldn't know what was going on, because they were in, like, late game stuff, and... Yeah, I just decided to jump into it, and it's been an experience, to say the least. It's interesting that you started with Dwarf Fortress and then went to RimWorld, because I've seen... It feels like the reverse is more common, where RimWorld is like the pipeline to Dwarf Fortress, but I don't know if that's going to balance out now that Dwarf Fortress has the Steam release. That could be why you might be seeing people going from Wormworld to Dwarf Fortress, because they'd already been playing a Steam game, and now that there's a new colony sim on Steam, maybe they didn't know that you know the legacy version, the free version, uh, did and still does exist for those looking to get into it. It's one less step that you have to go through. I know when I first like hopped on Dwarf Fortress, back in high school i was like am i downloading a virus and then <laughs> i got it on my computer and i'm like what the hell are all these asterisks and little dashes on my screen and it was before i had a graphics pack meanwhile RimWorld has cute little little goobers that walk around on your screen and you can tell what's going on yeah yeah so i think that there's like and plus there's a very specific like you know art style to RimWorld too and i know we're gonna we're gonna get into that later uh, but in terms of what really got my attention, honestly, it was a colony simulator. It was something new. Um, I'd seen some other folks play it, and I heard there was some pretty uh, fun stuff that you could do in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm far from a RimWorld expert. I only have 50 hours in it. I don't know how many you have, but I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of you know, setting up a little colony, trying to survive. I think you're supposed to be able to eventually escape the planet. Yeah. Uh, hell if I know. <laughs> I've heard that's the end goal. There, I've heard also that there's multiple different endings. So kind of like um, other strategy games, you know, there's not just one path to success, right? Kind of like real life. <laughs> yeah. And God, I hope so. Because... <laughs> The things I've seen in RimWorld do not make me eager for the rest of my life if they're supposed to be similar. <laughs> um, I've seen ostriches do things to a man that no one should have to see. Frostbite, crazed rats that want to eat people. It rules. This game rocks. 
Yeah, it really does. I think that a lot of care went into the game, and I will say that I do own all of the DLC. Uh, whenever I play games, I play with all of the DLC on, but like, I've not really even touched many aspects of the game. Like, I've not really played with the ideologies, except when I've been playing like multiplayer games of RimWorld, which is a thing that you can do with mods, and mods introduce so much into the game. So much. I didn't know multiplayer mods were a thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn a lot from you today. What kept happening was I would start playing, someone would get killed or injured or something, and since you only have like a small group of starting dudes, I would get frustrated and I would go back to Dwarf Fortress because you have so much more like manpower in Dwarf Fortress. You get hundreds of you know, people to boss around. And in RimWorld, it's a smaller scale, I would say, on average. And so I would I would keep going through that cycle of boot up RimWorld, ostrich kills somebody, I go back to Dwarf Fortress. Now <laughs> I'm sticking with it, and I'm like, damn, those DLC are looking pretty good. I saw, like, someone was playing as a, basically a vampire today yep. uh, on a stream. I was like, what the fuck? I'm just like banging two sticks together in a cave <laughs> to try to generate enough heat to survive the winter. And people are like, oh yeah, I harvested this person and then I removed all their limbs. And it just seems like the sky's the limit once you learn how to get into it and you delve into that modding stuff. Yeah, and I think even without playing with mods, the game is enjoyable, but I admittedly did not last very long before I started downloading mods. I remember the first mod that I downloaded was one to have perpetual music, right? Because I was noticing these lulls, and unlike other games where you can turn down and have like music playing all the time or have it looping or something, Vanilla RimWorld doesn't have that option. So there's actually a mod where it just continuously plays the music. So that was actually the first mod that I downloaded. And from there, it's like the door was just open. If you can think <laughs> of it, it exists, essentially. I was going to joke, but like, I don't want to... I don't want to say something and have someone go, um, actually, there is a mod for that. Because <laughs> I think I offhandedly mentioned like some Warhammer stuff. And people are like, there's Warhammer Fantasy and there's a Warhammer 40k mod. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? And it's good that there's also just like little quality of life improvement things. Like you mentioned the music thing, if you want to tweak that. Someone on my stream was complaining that the research like tech tree was the vanilla one on my stream. And I was like, is it really that bad? Can things get so much better? Well, fires. I lost a lot of my early colonies to <laughs> fires. Building with wood uh, seemed logical at the time, but uh, hindsight glasses uh, that give me 20-20 vision would prove otherwise. So another mod that I early got early on was fuse boxes, because a lot of the mods just make sense. Like, oh, you're telling me you've traveled to space, but you don't know how to work a fuse box? Or <laughs> like, <laughs> come on now. So what, what does the fuse box mod do? Sure. So it does add basic fuses. So if something happens, um, the fuse will bro blow instead of having the line just blow out and start a fire. So it serves as like a breaker, essentially. And then you can do like you can, you get like basic fuses and then a breaker box. I believe that's how the research tree goes for that specific mod. So I won't just lose all of my stored power. Oh, no, you will. You just oh, won't okay. have a horrible, terrible fire. It'll just get shorted and contained in that box 
<laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least there's that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Still drains your battery, unfortunately, but I'd rather take drained batteries over, hey, time to start another base again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if it's cold outside, though, and my heaters no longer have power, at least the base is nice and warm because there's fire ripping through it. <laughs> So it's really a trade-off. I'll have to look into this some more. Uh, yes, temperatures <laughs> are a whole thing in this game. Like I, I like that about this game. Although I did have to like download a mod. Now, hear me out, podcast listeners. I do know in the game that you can have Celsius or Fahrenheit showing. But I wanted both to be showing. So I downloaded a mod where it shows both because I'm like, I remember being like, oh, 33 degrees Celsius. How bad could that be? Well, the answer is <laughs> bad. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that like 100 for us uh, freedom enjoyers? <laughs> oh, dear. You know what? I don't know. And I'm going to have to resort to Google for this. Uh, you don't have to look it up. That's kind of like letting them win. If you, if every time you do a Fahrenheit to Celsius conversion <laughs> and a bald eagle sheds a tear. Uh, but a Canadian goose honks <laughs> excited, probably. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love that! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we're probably going to make a bunch of comparisons with Dwarf Fortress, aren't we? Because I, I feel like I'm about to. Well, here's the thing. It, they're apples and oranges, and it's okay to compare them, but it's also healthy to you know remind ourselves and your listeners that they're two entirely separate games and both are worthy of being played <laughs> that is true that is true i was just gonna say that um in dwarf fortress like the temperature stuff is usually just like ah i was caught out in the snow or the river's frozen oh bummer i assume that's what dwarves sound like at least <laughs> um meanwhile in this it's like oh heat stroke haha uh, someone collapsed outside. You have to go save them, and hopefully you don't have heat stroke as well. Real fun aside with heat stroke is psychotic. The state of psychotic wandering plus it being thirty three degrees C outside equals heat stroke. <laughs> they, you can't you can't get them to go inside. I have or I had rip. Um, I had a person, a colonist, a pawn. I hate calling them pawns. It yeah. feels so mean. I call them colonists, but yeah. one of my little zumbinis, they had Alzheimer's, and she <laughs> would just wander around, and I was like, oh, God, oh, fuck, it's 90 degrees outside, and she's wandering out there, and it just creates such interesting moments that you normally wouldn't think about with a colony sim, I think, Yeah, where you're like... Oh, I hope you bring an umbrella, or don't forget to put on your snow boots when you go outside, my little guys. Because they can... uh, I saw one of my guys lose their nose because of frostbite, and I was like, holy shit, that sucks. That's awesome, but it sucks. Yeah, I know you can make parkas, and and a little little, uh, pushes up my fake glasses... Uh, actually, Batty, uh, you can have someone survive a psychotic wandering in the heat if they have a shade cone on, because it's a little hat to keep the sun out of their eyes, but, like, <laughs> I didn't know that when I was first started. Yeah, there's so, there's so many little buttons and levers to push. And then you like, add mods, and it adds, like, 10,000 things more. <laughs> yeah, didn't, okay, this is, I don't know if this is TMI, if this is an insight into your mindset, when I watch one of your streams, didn't you have toilets? Yes. Yeah, yeah, like you willingly added toilets to your game. 
Well, here's here's the thing. I wanted <laughs> high powered air conditioning units, right? But that comes in the the Dub's bad hygiene mod, right? Oh, so uh-huh. it's like to get to get the luxurious cooler units, so you don't have to put a bunch of like little chimneys in your builds like you were doing on your stream earlier. You could have like one powerful AC unit and just put vents. But the trade-off is <laughs> your units are going to be shovel and fecal sludge. It's just. <laughs> That's the term they use for it. <laughs> uh, who's the sicko that decided that? Why can't we just have the nice air conditioning? I'll, I'll be honest. One of the scariest things for me while streaming RimWorld is people are like, ah, it is simple. You just need to make this chimney thing. I don't know how, the, I don't know how any of this works. I'm just BS. Ah, yes, I see. And I could, I think I'm going to accidentally funnel all the heat directly into someone's bedroom one of these days. Someone's going to combust or I'm going to accidentally freeze granny. But I love that that's a possibility. I love that things can go so poorly or so well, depending on your viewpoint. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I absolutely love about Colony Sims. Things go well until they don't. And even when they're not going well, it's still really fun. And it still makes for an amazing like first player or single player or I suppose multiplayer, right? Because of RimWorlds has does have the multiplayer ability it makes for really good narratives it's funny i talked with someone earlier on this podcast about door fortress and how it's called a story generator and that's kind of like the reputation that it has acquired over time due to the depth of just everything that's being represented you can zoom in and see people's favorite animals did they get stung by a bee uh, how did their family die? Who had a kid? Who's married to who? All that fun stuff. Right. And I um, I booted up RimWorld, and for the first time, I actually noticed. I think in the menu it says something like, uh, "You yeah, know, fuck it, I'll I'll do it right now because I have the game open." On the main menu for the game, it literally says RimWorld, a story generator. Yeah. By Tynan, Tynan. I don't know how to pronounce the creator's name. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take a stab because I don't want to misrepresent it. I'm closing out of the game out of guilt. (laughs) It's gone. I closed it and never playing it again. Well, this has been a great podcast. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, even if I never picked it up again, I would hope other people did because it's so damn good. But I just wanted your insight into that. Like what... What do you think makes RimWorld such an effective, quote-unquote, story generator? I would say, like anything, it's multifaceted. But I think what... Now, I've heard some words thrown about, like... I'm hesitant to, like, bring them up. But, uh... Damn, what kind of words are these? Well, well, people talk about it being, like, in big air quotes here, a war crime simulator right? I don't look at it like that. And I don't feel as though the things I'm doing in that game, like, I don't feel as though like, yes, that's my goal going into this is I want to feel as though I'm simulating what it would be like to do these things. It's more like the side it's well, it's fiction. First of all, it's a science fiction game. And so in science fiction, there's a lot of different avenues that can be explored both medically, scientifically, psychologically things of that nature right so i think the doors are open and i think that is really what is inviting 
to a degree with RimWorld is that those doors are open for exploration. You know, someone maybe taking it to an extreme would use the phrasing, oh yeah, it's a war crime simulator, right? Right. But it's it's a colony simulator. The goal is to have their colonists thrive if it means, you know, taking an organ... <laughs> All right, we're, a, we're done beating a, around the bush. I knew we were going to get to something we gonna, graphic. We were going to get here sooner or later. <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, graphic stuff, I was a little concerned. I, I had heard that this was a graphic game, and I really didn't know what to expect. But, like, yes, there's, like, a bit of blood in it, but the graphics are such where it's not something, like, there. it's not specifically there for the shock and horror value of it. It's there. It gets over and done with. It serves its purpose, right? <laughs> it's right. not like glorifying it or something. Right. So so what would you say is like the most engaging part of that, like, again, quote unquote, like story generating process? If it's not being a little freak and butchering <laughs> everybody and turning them into furniture, what keeps you going? I would say it's that each colony is different. And admittedly, I haven't beaten the game. I've not escaped the world. I've like, I don't even know if I've made it to like a second or third year in a colony because there's just so many different things that can happen. Like I've ran into things in one game that I've never ran into in another game before, right? Can you give me a heads up really quick? (laughs) Do you mind sharing just in case I get jumped by whatever that thing is? Sure. Have you heard about mechan... Are they mechanators? I believe they're mechanators. That sounds scary. I haven't. Uh, Yeah, and then there's also giant scary bugs. (laughs) I have heard of those. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, Say no more. (laughs) Yeah. The mechs are interesting because if they have like a proximity trigger, like... I'm pr- I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm relatively certain that <laughs> like traders and merchants and wandering animals can like set off the proximity thing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So a camel stepping on the wrong rock can <laughs> activate a kill bot that kills everything. Potentially. Please <laughs> awesome. don't come at me, podcast listeners, if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, well, I'm gonna edit that so you. <laughs> Come at me, podcast listeners. I am wrong. <laughs> that's cool. That like, Yeah, because that's one of the things that brings me back to a lot of strategy games is that they're like part sandbox. Like different things will happen every single time. Yeah. And to go the bizarro route of the, the war crime simulator mindset there. Like yesterday I found that colonists or whatever we're calling them where they needed to be rescued and i found out it was an old lady she was like a priestess from some other tribe and she had alzheimer's asthma a bad back took me a while to even get her conscious i had to use like some industrial medicine to like fix her up but i was like holy shit this game is giving me the ability to like sacrifice resources for no gain really but just to try to help somebody and that feels kind of good i was like wow i'm helping somebody survive in a pretty unforgiving world and i feel like that can be just as fun as turning people into furniture i agree and admittedly uh i've not actually oh wait Never mind, I have turned people into furniture. <laughs> Never mind. You can, you can lie. <laughs> Lying is encouraged here. Um, no one's caught me yet. We can walk that back. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train You were turning people into furniture and how it's a good thing, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, 
You're not wasting resources. <laughs> Every part of the animal is used. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, speaking of helping people and temperatures, I have a fun little story for you and DLC. So babies, babies come with the DLC. Your units can get to Pregante, as they yeah, say. Pregunin. And I had... <laughs> Gregnant. Um, I had one. She got pregnant, gave birth. The birth went all right. The father wasn't there, but it eh, happens. Busy, right? um, probably busy making furniture out of humans for his love. So he ha- she had somewhere to feed the baby. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so the baby was born and they kept moving the baby out of the hospital. I'm like, why are you moving this baby out of the hospital? And they would put the baby in the freezer. No! And I'm like, that- <laughs> that's how our babies go. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, that's not where babies go. We need to figure this out. And then it's like, place the baby back in the crib. And then, nope, they kept, would take the baby and put the baby. And then I finally, up up in the upper hand corner, left hand corner, it said like, so-and-so is moving so-and-so to safety. And I'm like, safety? A safe temperature? What? And then I checked and I was like, oh, it's like 38 degrees Celsius in that room. (laughs) That's why they're putting the baby in the freezer. <laughs> oh, that is where babies go. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I put an AC unit in as quick as I could, but like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was on stream, and I was just like dying, trying to figure out. I'm like, man, I'm glad this isn't The Sims. They would have called CPS on my my booty so quick. <laughs> I don't know. I like, kind of like the idea of baby in freezer for five minutes, put baby in the inferno for one minute, just the rotation to make sure the medium temperature's yeah. all right. But then it might come out like a microwave snack where it's like <laughs> no! molten in some areas and frozen in the no! Oh my god. I'm, I need to get the DLC. I need... These hijinks are too good to pass up. Oh, oh, oh. Also, uh, children can become addicted to substances in the game. Also, they can overdose a lot quicker. Hmm. It's almost as if the people who programmed this game added in body weight when considering consumption of uh, illicit substances in the game. That rules. Yeah, I was in a multiplayer game and the ideologies were that it was the high life. So it's like we just wanted to be smoking smoke leaf all day long and (laughs) my character in that game had given birth and all right so there's this little baby and all of a sudden like the host of the game just starts like (laughs) and we're all like what did you do what are you doing over by the baby (laughs) and uh he had given the baby smoke leaf and he's like what it's part of our religion and i was like i can't believe they allow that to happen in this game and that's just Part of the wildness, I guess. Like, it it really is like a Wild West. <laughs> like, <laughs> this game is ridiculous. Yeah, the, all the tools are in front of you. You choose what to do with them. You can, you can help grandma. You can harvest grandma's organs. You can give grandma a dangerous experimental drug that gives her superhuman strength. But now she's addicted to it forever. Sounds like Luciferium. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about, like, if I found that, would I give that to the old lady that I had? She ended up having a heart attack, too. And it was, like, so... I don't know. I That that moment, like, really sucked me in. Because I was like, no, like, I was gonna I was gonna give you robot lungs or something. No! But then she died, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I'm caring about a, like, pretty... Like, the pixels in this game are so, like, simple... That I, I'm shocked that I'm finding any emotional attachment to them. But I was like, 
Oh my god, I'm mourning the death of this little goober on my screen. Right? I had a character named Mr. Beans. Mr. Beans <laughs> was named by my chat, and he was a child musician turned, like, some sort of musical prodigy, and his art skill was, like, way up there, so I was like, alright, let's... I made a harp, and I figured that he could, like, play music on the harp. And this was in literally, like, my first colony. And it turns out that the harp is just, like, a piece to kind of look at. I'm not sure if anyone can actually play music on it, but thinking back, I could be wrong on that. And now I'm feeling like I have to open the game. Oh, no. Let it go, Batty. Let go. <laughs> the room actually started gathering. Oh, gosh, no. I hear. I just hear them. <laughs> you can hear the glasses being pushed up and adjusted. People going out buying glasses just for this moment. So they can <laughs> actually. So what happened to Mr. Beans? Yeah, he, um, I'm pretty sure he succumbed to an infection or died. No, that, so that fort died a couple different ways because I kept reloading because it was my first <laughs> one. So it died to fire a few times. People died to infection a couple times. And then there was like angry animals that were just large <laughs> and overpowering. <laughs> So far, I've lucked out with angry animals where it's been like a roving band of manhunting cats. I'm like, all right, we'll be fine. Oh, there's an iguana that's pissed off. We can probably uh, handle that. Yeah, people, even when it was like when I had first started playing the game, they're like, you got to play with Randy Storyteller. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go with <laughs> Goo Goo Gaga Storyteller because I am but a baby. <laughs> I think I want the storyteller that says the cow goes moo and not, hey, I hope you like five mech drops on your fifth day here or something like that. I don't know. Goo Goo Gaga storyteller sounds pretty scary. If they were like a giant baby. And so it's like really peaceful almost all the time. And then like occasionally reality just becomes very unhinged because the baby dropped their sippy cup on your map or something. The creator of the game whose name I couldn't pronounce... Put in the baby person. Put in the baby narrator. Cowards. Honey, the baby's upset. Oh, just put him in the freezer for a little bit. He'll cool down. <laughs> no! No! God. <laughs> but that was my reaction. I was like, I was so worried about that kid. Like, just like you were worried about that grandma. I was like, this kid, like something is going to happen to this kid and I'm not going to be able to stop it. And I was like very much panicking. <laughs> yeah. And as a... Dwarf Fortress elitist, I must begrudgingly say that I care more about my colonists in RimWorld than I do for my average dwarf in Dwarf Fortress. I think that's partially just because of, you know, like usually I just have like three or four guys in RimWorld as opposed to the 200 mm -hmm. in Dwarf Fortress. But yeah, uh, another example I have is one of my one of my guys went into like a berserk rage and she knocked out another colonist and I was like, okay, whatever. And then she started kicking a dog and I was like, that's where I draw the line. And the colonist that she knocked out woke up and I was like, all right, just melee attack her. Maybe we can knock her out. And he just killed her. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this game's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It rocks. But uh, going back to the uh, the AI narrative thingy, uh, which sure. which one do you use now that you're a seasoned grizzled veteran expert? I don't know if three months of playing this game on and off constitutes me as a seasoned grizzled expert, but thank you so much for the hype. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I would say that I play usually on Cassandra, but I think I've upped it to like adventurous, but I'm thinking of doing the Phoebe one next and doing a mountain map, but with uh, cannibals because early game, it's really easy to get meat from uh, from other sentient beings because they just kind of wander onto your map. <laughs> All right, well, the it long took pause us, is really killing it. It took us like 10 minutes to go from the capacity of the human heart to be selfless is one of the most inspiring. So anyway, uh, <laughs> people are probably the best renewable food source when you think about it. <laughs> but no, that that sounds like a... That's funny because it's, what is it, like Phoebe Chillax or whatever? Oh, something like and, that. Yeah, and when I think of Chillax, I don't think of eating people in the mountains, but... Right. Different different strokes for different folks. That's how you want to relax. Right. When I think of the Donner Party, definitively the adverb I would use to describe it would be chillaxin. <laughs> Is chillaxin an adverb? Oh, no. Uh, it's probably not. If someone corrects <laughs> either of us on grammar, I'm putting them in a locker. So, you're safe. <laughs> I'll go so far as to say that chillax is a proper noun. Um, oh, oh wait, okay. shit, it is her last name. God damn it. I was accidentally correct. We can edit that out. We can edit that out. We can. No one will know. No one will know that I'm actually good with grammar. What is your favorite starting scenario, though? Is it the you're alone, but you're a rich explorer guy? Is it the vanilla one? Is it the lost tribe? Or is it some hellish modded one where you're an abandoned circus clown? <laughs> so I usually go for the three starter pawns. I tried doing the tribes one, but I just feel like I don't have enough practice with the early game to get set up with something. And I would have to make what I've heard as referred to as like a research tank where you have two people dedicated to researching and one dedicated to like gathering and cooking and stuff. Just oh. so you can get those lacking skills as you're playing the more quote primitive end quote tribe or whatever but i like doing the one with three and generally because things just tend to go awry and i don't want to like restart the settlement i do have this um mod that allows you to like save pawns and their build and such well colonists and their builds whatever again what are we calling them <laughs> i feel like pawn is like dehumanizing in a way but it's maybe so maybe sad. having that degree of but maybe having that degree of separation is what makes it easier for some i don't know i'm not gonna get into it but <laughs> <laughs> we can anyway. we can get into it i hate well, calling can we them, yeah hell yeah we can do it i don't really want. like because calling them Calling them pawns is just like, okay, that kind of makes it sound like maybe you're leaning towards like, I don't know. Like, what does it imply? Yeah, I don't don't want to be mean to my little guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, I say units, right? Because units, like, it's gender neutral. It's like, if I have like, imp little dudes, like, they're not, (laughs) I don't think an imp would be a colonist because that's technically the space colonist is like, I don't know if I'm going to go with ethnicity. Right? Cause, or maybe race would be the appropriate thing. Because there's different xenotypes in this game, too. There's, like, all of these different genes and, like, all of these things I've not even, like, delved into yet. Which just makes me want to play it more. And, it's, and it would be weird calling the, like, the tribes colonists because they're just, they live there already. And so yeah. they're not, like, moving from one place. Maybe I have to find a better term, too. I Calling them I units, just use units makes me feel yeah. like I'm ordering around units in like a real time strategy game, though. Like, well, I guess that's okay. what this is. Okay, yeah, I is, can see that too. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I always default to my little guys, but that isn't gender neutral. Zumbinis <laughs> is gender neutral, but no one knows what the fuck that is. <laughs> I know what they are. I know what they are, Jam. Okay, good. Yeah, um, <laughs> my little goobers are, 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 we could call them people. How about that? My little people. I've got the bug. I've got the RimWorld bug. I don't know why when I first played it, I was like, ah, there's not enough going on here. It has different details than Dwarf Fortress, but yes. there's definitely a glut of things to enjoy. Okay, there's no Z-levels. I'll get over it. But you know it. what there is? There's mods. No Z-levels, but I can micromanage their diets down to each pawn. You called them No Z-levels? called them pawns. But I can... I did. It's over. It's ingrained in me because I've watched so many other streamers say it, right? So how do how myself do I break myself of this habit, which I want to break myself of? I don't know. We'll just keep calling them other, other things. Ugh! So, call it... Nope. My little freaks. <laughs> My little goblins, but they're not goblins. So what do I call them? Goobers? But that's oh my gosh. Goobers works, right? Goobers like an endearing term, right? Little yeah, goober. yeah, my little goobers. <laughs> okay, so my little goobers. I totally lost where I was going because I said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a dirty word now. <laughs> Goober? No, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> I can't play. Oh. I can't play chess anymore, dude. I just <laughs> move my goober but I to think, D5. I think that. Hey, that's actually a good thing too, because maybe that's why they're called them too. Because the combat system in Rim World, you actually line them up. Maybe you. And do. you can put them to different positions. Well, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I assume the name came from the fact that they like don't have hands on the. Like on the oh. screen, so they're just shaped like a like a chess piece. And it's... Um, it just like, you know what? I feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, well, they kind of look like chess pieces, but that's kind of silly to say. <laughs> no, no. Well, oh, now you're calling me dumb. All right. Well, <laughs> no, I no. Oh, I said silly, silly to say. Oh, that's you know that's fair. Silly is something that we should strive for. So you you have mentioned mods, not a. <laughs> Not to trash talk your uh, weirdo toilet mod that makes you free. <laughs> um, are there any any mods for like good, honest, hardworking people who <laughs> are you know moral, possibly go on <laughs> yes. Christian Minecraft servers? But in all honesty, are there, what's like the best mods you've played? Sure, I would say the best ones are going to be the quality of life ones. Things like Run and Gun that lets them shoot while running with like a little detriment to their accuracy what the fuck did i just blow your mind moving and shooting at the same time it's it is possible uh also picking up more than one item at once um shut up yeah no next you're gonna tell me there's like a mod for storage units so you can have different storage things like a medicine chest and then when you go to it it's just got like did you want to put medicine or drugs here or neutramines and it's like yeah and then you don't have to go through the whole list, and it looks cool and different than the other cat. Like, there's a lot of different mods. I know a lot of people. You generally have like mod lists and stuff. And something that I could do is provide you with my mod list. I don't know if mm. you'd have a way of like adding that along with the link to the podcast or something. But like, I probably have too many to like list off by names here. But I would say 
the mods that I enjoy are going to be ones that add multiple types of storage. I have mods that add multiple types of like, I think, extra flooring, different types of flooring, like terraforming. Yeah, uh, if you're interested in Baddie's mod list, all of you individually go visit her stream and bug her about it. Yeah, that ghost bat with a little underscore, and that's why I like hang upside down. Yeah. Like a little underscore. Boop. Oh, you hang upside down on the underscore? Yeah, sure, oh, that's why it's there. It's, uh, it's the official lore Holy shit, you <laughs> of have the name underscore. Lore. <laughs> rules. I'm not even a professor. That's just between me and you, though. No one needs to hear that. Okay. Okay. Is there any, like, crazy mods that you've dipped your toes in? I'd probably say the organ harvest, the po the post-mortem uh, organ harvesting one. Oh, that isn't, is, that isn't too crazy. Yeah, it's not too crazy, but it's like, oh yeah, I, I wound up getting, like, the expanded floors too, because, like, I also like doing pixel art, and one of my goals, once I have, like, a functioning base, eventually, is to make my ritual room have, like, pixel art in there, and, like, have pixel art and use like the carpet because RimWorld default carpeting has like a 24 color palette for the carpeting oh wow the downside is that it costs like quite a bit of cotton per tile for that but you could totally make pixel art in this game nice. and me with any game i always find an excuse to make art in it somehow <laughs> you are very artistically inclined you're always making cool artwork i feel like you glossed over the art the organ harvesting pretty quickly there. oh yeah sorry <laughs> no, it's fine just like in real life if anyone is a donor uh, there is a certain window in which their organs can be safely har harvested and then preserved and then used you know say in your alzheimer's patient right like i don't know i've not gotten deep into it enough to know if i could do a brain transplant i think you can i think there, there's probably a mod for it if i don't already have it installed yeah or that might be something that you can just do with high surgical skill anyway oh i have brain in a jar mod which also <laughs> pairs nicely with the post-mortem autopsy where you can take the brains of individuals that have uh disgraced your lawn by stepping on it uh, take their brains and then work, put them to use in your supercomputer to make your research faster. So <laughs> there's like a lot of little n cool things that you can do with the organ postmortem organ harvesting mod. My only, I guess, nitpicky tidbit about it is that they don't require you to like refrigerate the organs, which I thought that would have been cool. But aside from that, it's a pretty cool mod. It's honestly one of the earlier ones that I downloaded too because I was like, I want the ability to do that. Yeah, yeah. When someone, like, <laughs> on their last breath, their organs just vaporize and there's nothing there. Like, no, let me get in there. There's also a World of Bones mod that I downloaded where you can make pretty much anything that you can make out of wood, you can make out of bone. Oh, nice. So it gives, you can also make bone flooring, bone beds, which, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh shit. That's that's interesting because literally today I was looking at my the surrounding area of my little settlement and I'm like there's skeletons all over the fucking place. Can I use these for something? And I think I was too busy to actually do anything even if there was an option, but Later down the line, I would like to either use these skeletons or get rid of them. Is there? Is it all modded stuff? Mm, in order to get rid of bones without mods, generally what I've seen people do, at least my friends that I play RimWorld multiplayer with, I've seen them 
take a grenade. First, they gather up all the bones in a pile. <laughs> no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. They gather all the bones. They put the bones in a pile, preferably in a corner in rock that you've dug out because rock is going to be the least likely to catch fire. Yeah, this sounds like a safe um, operation, safety first. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Um, so you get the bones in a pile, you grab a hand grenade, you chuck it, you run, and then the bones go pew, and then they like burn up. <laughs> But with the uh, gross, disgusting toilet mod that I've got, <laughs> you can also make a burn pit and just burn corpses and remains there. Well, I, I do remember there being a... It was like an electric crematorium. But is that only for bodies that still have the meaty bits on? No, I think it's also for skeletons, but like it also uses a lot of power. So many different ways to skin this cat. So we, we talked about the art style earlier. I think... It, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, on one hand, I feel like the, like, how simple it is lets you quickly tell what's going on the screen at a glance. But sometimes I feel like it's especially an issue with, like, the larger things that I see. Like, I've seen the, what are they, the thrombos or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's, like, a really big creature, but it doesn't have a whole lot of detail on it. So there's some days where I look at, RimWorld and I appreciate the art style and it lets my imagination run wild and then there's times where I'm like this looks like you cut it out on construction paper I wish there was more detail and I wanted the perspective of somebody who knows way more about art so I think I'll start with the pros of the art style and that is that it is like a vector style art so that it is replicable right just like Door Fortress is very pixelated and replicable uh, Rimworld is like the more vector side, smooth, like crisp things that you'd see in like Adobe Illustrator or some sort of other digital illustrating um, program. Yeah. Was the word I was looking for. <laughs> those one, those <laughs> like, ones and zeros uh, in the computer. I think that the simplicity of it lends itself to be easily modded, right? Because you yeah. can replicate that art style. If it was this high fantasy difficult to replicate i don't think as many people could really get their foot in the door with their ideas for modding perhaps or they'd have to like outsource to artists and stuff rather than you know picking up a mouse or a tablet pen themselves and you know practicing their own craft and skill that's a really good point i hadn't thought about that how it's an ease of entry for fan-made content yeah i uh i have like a couple people in my discord who actively work on like their own RimWorld mods and they've don't say this to like to my own horn but have come to me and they're like hey could you give me some feedback on this and me like of course I will right but it's really cool because the art style was emulated so well and I just don't know if like I mentioned earlier like if it was something that was more detailed and intricate and all of these other like working moving parts like also I think it would get real chaotic real fast Right? Because you can have multiple pawns on there. Yeah. Like, you can have... I think it makes it a little easier for things like... Maybe not easier, but, like, maybe just easier to read when stuff's going on. Do you have any forts that, like, fell apart in a spectacular fashion? Or, like, some really dramatic downfalls that you've seen in this game? The one thing I am salty about losing is this, this one colony that I had going where I had an opulent... It was so beautiful. I had a jade and gold throne room for our like colony leader and then i had this like 
purple and jade like disco themed recreation room going and then we got attacked by stuff and i was like oh guys i'll just i'll just i won't keep loading it because i gotta learn someday right but it's just like man that for it the layout of it i could have made a cooler layout but those two rooms in particular were so cool (laughs) you you had a disco themed room yeah because you can get like a disco ball is that vanilla (laughs) I don't believe so. I think it's part of the ideology. Okay, one. well, it might be vanilla. You should check. Well, I'm, I'm already buying I'm the unsure. damn thing. I'd buy it for just the disco <laughs> ball anyway. So, <laughs> just just buy it for the disco balls and the babies that may or may not end up no. in a freezer. Can the? Oh, I actually do have a question about the babies. Is it like Dwarf Fortress where they just age realistically? And no. oh, did the babies grow up? Super fast? Not super fast. I don't know the exact ratio of them growing up, but they do have milestones. So depending on now, this is just the science that I've done. I haven't like read into the wiki and stuff because I don't want to spoil things. So this is just based on my own experience. It seems like based on who they spend their time around as children, it can kind of influence like traits that they pick up when they age to like, what is it? Seven and I think 11 years for miles like three seven eleven. Oh, okay or three five seven eleven they they have like different milestones and children <clears throat> want to learn so they will follow um other people around and learn from them they also want to like sit at a desk and be taught lessons Aww. and things like that but this one kid was spending a lot of time with this lady that I had for a quest. And it's like, all right, how bad could it be? She's just got to be here for a couple of weeks, right? She's just got to lay in bed and we got to feed her and make sure she gets her, you know, social needs met and that she's got some recreation and things like that. And this kid loved talking to her, loved it. They were like best friends for whatever reason. But see, she was a misogynist. (laughs) And this poor kid grew up and it's like, so-and-so is aged up. It's time to choose a trait for your child. And it's like the only option was misogynist. And I'm like, no! Oh, <laughs> no! Put that kid in the freezer. Get, get a new one. Oh, no. Damn you, bedridden misogyny lady. Not again. Not like this. Not like oh, this. Tale as old as time itself. Sometimes it gives you different options, but that one, I was just, nope. It was just like this or nothing, and you can't pick nothing, so enjoy this. Well, thank you for teaching me so much and having me look forward to so many shenanigans once I get the DLC. So one of my one of my favorite things about your, like, your whole dealio, like your streams, your community, is the artwork that you're, you're making and sharing and stuff. And I just wanted to ask, like, how did that get started? Both, like, how you tied it in with your streaming or and or, like, did you, like, go to school for art? Was it a longtime hobby or have you just recently gotten into it? I'd love to share that. And to be a little butt, I could just say yes to all of the following <laughs> or all of the previous questions, right? Ben just <laughs> but um, I since like one of my earliest memories is holding a pencil or crayon or whatever the hell I was and drawing like it's just I I love doing it I did take some art classes in college art was my art and music were like the only classes that I didn't want to skip 
in school. And I got into digital art when I was 13. So that was around, well, I don't know if I should age myself here, but uh, like two decades ago. (laughs) And I have dabbled on and off with it since then. But like within the past, I would say specifically three years, I've really gotten back into using art as not just like something to do for I don't know, to kill time or whatever, but really is like a coping skill to help me get through some of these like weirder, more obscure human moments that I have, right? So I thought that incorporating that into streaming, like what got me into streaming is that I was like, I love playing. Oops, here we are again. Dwarf oh, Fortress. Oh, not that and... game. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. Big Dwarf. Oh, Here's its ugly head again. <laughs> now you will know why you fear talking to Batty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was like, I just, I want to make friends. I want to meet people that play this single player game. And Reddit was just not for me because I'm a shy bean. So... I wait. I just said I'm a shy bean, and then I decided to do streaming. But I'm a PNG tuber, so I like to hide behind a little cute thing. <laughs> and then my brain was just like, "You hide behind a cute thing every day. It's called your face. You're beautiful." Okay, brain. Thanks for that thought. Uh, <laughs> it's a badass brain but yeah, thought. So I, it, it is, and like being artistic and creative allows me to explore and express those badass brain thoughts when they do arise. And like sharing those with other people is really near and dear to me. And I'm so blessed truly to like to have had the support from the people that I did in the beginning and to see this community sort of like grow and I honestly didn't think that people would be so into it but then they're so fun you can't help but be into it (laughs) yeah and I I got into it specifically with my channel redeems because I'm like people are going to request art that just that happens when they find out that you're an artist kids if you like art, that's going to happen. People are going to ask you to do art, but you don't have to be a butt about it. You can make it fun, I promise. Yeah, so I was like, if I just do these things for whatever number of points, I can whip them out real fast and then be done with it. But like every time I do that, that's gaining practice. It doesn't have to like look like the Mona Lisa like or some other fancy thing that we think of when we think of art like art can be literally whatever like you say you make them really fast like when i look at them i'm like holy shit like this looks great like they're usually very cute or silly or funny but i'm still like wow that looks good how how did you make that so quickly so i i just want to let you know i appreciate your artwork and i'm a big fan of it thank you Thank you. Yeah, it like it's interesting to see people's reaction. They're like, "How did you bang that out so fast?" So I'm like, "Oh, right. I'm old <laughs> with lived experience and I just really I love doing it. And I guess like the more I do it, the better and more confident I felt. Like today, I sat down this morning, I put on an album, I sang along with it, and I busted out this really nice painting in like 2 hours. And I'm so proud of it. But like like I didn't stream it. I didn't do it for anybody but me. Like it was just I don't know. I'm gushing. No, now. that's awesome. It's really cool that you you know, <laughs> outside of organ harvesting and downloading toilet mods, you know, you do some other cool hobbies too. Yeah, we've also I've also started incorporating like music Ooh, in there oh, as yeah. well. And music like music and art are just they're forms of communication in and of themselves and they're so therapeutic and like you can really learn a lot about like different cultures and different people just 
through those things, like through their likes or through the things they themselves produce. So what what is your favorite genre of game? Because the last person that I talked to about colony sim management stuff, that um, Trash Mac, I don't know if you know them, but they were on for an episode. And I was like, oh, so you like Dwarf Fortress. You must be a big strategy game person, right? And they were like, no. And so now I'm like, <laughs> what do people... Your whole world yeah, has been like, rocked. That's the most strategyingest game of them all. So now I, I'm just like, I have to ask every colony management person now like what is your genre what's your go-to so honestly since dwarf fortress came out it's pretty much been that but even it's been that it's been Rimworld. it's been some other ones that i've dipped my toes into like oxygen not included so i really do love these colony sim games i and it's extra funny too because i get to say hi i'm batty i'm a bat i love colony sim games because uh, a group of bats it's called a colony. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I, aside from that, I like horror games. I like rhythm games. I would say strategy games are definitely up there. Nice. Okay, good. I was going to scream if you were like, puzzles. It's definitely Colony Sims, because thinking back, it's it's been like... Even in other games, it's like, in, even in Fallout 4, my favorite thing was like, do my settlers have enough shit? Did I make this place nice enough then for them? I don't really care about my son. I think I had a son. I think I was supposed to find <laughs> my son. I don't care about my son. He's probably, he was literally in a freezer jam. Holy shit, we've come full circle. Oh my God. We've come full circle. But yeah, even in those games, I look for like the colony sim aspect of it because I just... Uh, to quote Marge Simpson, I just think it's neat. <laughs> that was a terrible Marge Simpson impression. Oh, that was good. I swear I can do better. No, it's okay. I insist. <laughs> the, Marge, the Marge impressions don't need to continue. <laughs> I, I promise they won't. <laughs> no, that's cool. Okay. This, I don't know if this one will be a tough one for you or not. Um, I imagine this could be like choosing your favorite child. I don't know. Or maybe this will be easy for you. But I wanted to know, crundles or goblins? <gasps> oh, my heart. Oh, critical damage. Oh, man. <laughs> it's got to be goblins. How can it not be? I was rooting for Team Crundle. I mean, I hear you on that, but, like, I mean, Crundles are pretty great. They are. They're worthy enough that I've, like, made a mod for Dwarf Fortress for them. I haven't published it yet. Oh, because I need to maybe change the scope of the project, reevaluate things, but... <laughs> Maybe not give them every weapon in the game because that would be a bit OP. <laughs> but Crundles are, they are legendary climbers. It's hard to compete with that, especially when dwarves need uh, stinky little step ladders to reach fruit and the Crundles can just droop right up the tree. Yeah. yeah little goobers. <laughs> I, little goobers. I thought you were going to say dwarves need stinky stairs. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it is it too late to change my answer to Por qué no los dos? You could change it to that. Oh, no, I think I'll. I think I'll keep it with. Uh, <laughs> if I had to order them, it'd be goblins and then crundles. Just goblins are just so near and dear to my heart. A glimmer <laughs> of hope. Perhaps they're tied, and then you just, <laughs> just kick me while I'm down. Ah. Uh. That's uh, fine. That's fine. I, I was just curious, and for folks listening to this that don't know what the hell a crundle is. Uh, they're like they're like little subterranean. They they look like imps, right? Kind of. 
Yeah, I would call them like little scamps. Yeah. Right, because yeah, because fire imps already exist in Dwarf Fortress, and like other things are, you know, around. So they're they're kind of just little, like little scamps. They're very mischievous, although not as mischievous, not so mischievous that they like open doors and stuff. But they love to like pester your your uh, your little guys, your little units. <laughs> yeah, pester. I've I've had people get pestered to death in my forts. I I have one final question. Sure. What is a ghost bat? What is a ghost bat? A ghost bat is. Initially, I was like, mm, two cute things. Ghosts, bats, spooky, Halloween, all good things. And then I realized a ghost bat is a real animal. They exist Wait, in, I believe, what? Australia. Yeah, right? Shut My up. Home. Hold on. They're so, they're so cute, too. They're like, they're white with little turned up noses. And their ears are translucent. And you can see, like, the veins in oh their ears. That's kind of why they're called a ghost bat. Oh, they are adorable. Yeah. So I, like... I don't know. I just, it was honestly a rebranding of like an old name that just didn't fit. And this one just works a lot better because cute, adorable, and spooky, I suppose. <laughs> oh, that rules. I wasn't expecting a uh, name more. This is, that was like a, holy shit. This has been a, this has been a treat. Before we wrap up, do you have anything you'd like to plug at all? Yeah, I would like to plug uh, my one of my moderators and one of the artists on my channel that uh, actually how we met is she popped into my channel and was like, your avatar is so cute. Please, can I draw art of it? And I was like, yes, I would love that. Uh, and that's Elfie Bean, all one word, E-L-F-Y-B-E-A-N. Uh, Elfie Bean can be found on multiple places, but the easiest spot to find them is going to be on Twitch. Aw, Elfie rules. Dude, Elfie, Elfie is such a wholesome bean, and like she's done some of my icons. She's just been an amazing supportive friend, and like, heck, I'll say it, I love Elfie. Elfie's great. So I plug Elfie, and I implore you to give Elfie a check out. Uh, they play a lot of indie games, as well as Dwarf Fortress, pixel art, things of that nature. Yeah, Elfie is super sweet, although they called me wholesome during a stream and I was like that is a very kind compliment of you but then I was like <laughs> I say so many awful things on camera that people hear and can observe Elfie <laughs> is too sweet if I could just plug one more person since we did talk about them in this stream and that's going to be my buddy Kennessy who sets up the multiplayer room world games so if you're into that um, it's up to like four players only I believe so we're kind of at limit cap, but you can find those streams over at on Twitch, and his name is Kennessee, so that's K E N N E S S E E, also with an underscore. Uh, say the line. Just anytime. Yeah. NPC, you later. <laughs> or there's also NPC, you later. <laughs> <laughs>